Thanks for tuning into the ES First podcast. We'd love to connect with you on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. So take a minute to hop on over and give us a like or a follow. And of course, if you're ever in Excelsior Springs, stop on by. We can't wait to welcome you home. Welcome to ES First and uh, welcome back. I've been waiting all week for you to get here. And now you're here, so we're going to party. Are you ready? Uh, here he is first. We preach the books of the Bible, and uh, we're preaching through the book of John, and we're about John 4 or 5. And the book of John is a narrative. It's a story about Jesus' life. And the first three books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, are also gospels. They're stories about Jesus, but they're all kind of about what Jesus did. John is more about who Jesus is. And as we've been looking, we're finding out that John is very close to Jesus and he begins to express the heart of Jesus. And the heart of Jesus is to express the heart of the Father. And so as we look into it and we see more about Jesus, what we're finding out is who God is. Have you ever asked questions about what God was like? Anybody ever ask those kind of questions? Anybody ever get those kind of questions from their children? And you're like, well, uh, how about some more macaroni and cheese? You know, like you don't know because you're scared of God is just as much as uh, the next person sometimes. Uh, so the nice thing about the book of John is what is, is he's revealing Jesus. Jesus is showing us more and more what God is like. One of the things that Jesus did when he walked the earth, he actually considered it very valuable, is that he healed people. Okay, And so as we walk into John chapters 4 and 5, we have started talking about healing. It is a subject that's very near and dear to my heart. And I could talk about it for the rest of this year and probably not get tired of it. You might, so I'm not going to. But we're going to talk about healing a little bit. And we're in John chapter 4, and we had just addressed the story of when a nobleman comes to Jesus, and his child is sick, and he comes to Jesus, and he says, can you heal my son? And Jesus is like, cool. And he goes away, and thinking that maybe they'll just get better, but what happens is, is in an instant, then he begins to calculate back to the exact time, exact hour, when his servants come to him like what time was it and he realizes that the exact hour that Jesus spoke was the exact hour that the child was healed this is the idea of eaomai it is the instant healing that happens god is not limited by time and space i know some people like when uh, they want me to to pray for them they'll say can you come pray for me i need you to come i need you to be in the room and they want they want to create this moment we've been doing all this and and we want you to lay hands and i believe in laying on the hands we want you to anoint with oil I believe in anointing with oil. All that's biblical. I believe in being there. I believe in close and being present. But I'm here to let you know that Jesus can heal across time and space. He's not limited by who's in the room and what place and where you are and all that stuff. Jesus is powerful beyond your wildest imagination. And this story proves it. That's E-A-O-M-I. Another word that happens in the Greek is this word therapeo. Uh, it's kind of where we get our word therapy. I'm here to let you know that sometimes God can work out healing in your life. He can work it out. So I've heard some people say that they, a lot of people want to explain away God's supernatural healing. And so they say what Jesus did was that he therapied people. He just kind of taught them and helped them. But we don't see that in the Gospels, really. We see Jesus walking up on people, and they are healed in some way with their interaction with Jesus. And so what this begs is that there is oftentimes in within healing us cooperating with God to receive healing. 
So sometimes when he, there's instance where he spits in the dirt and makes mud and he puts it on a man's eyes and he's like, now go and wash in the pool. And when the man washed in the pool, then he could kind of halfway see. And then Jesus touches him a second time and then he's healed again. And that interaction is about him being obedient. You'll see that sometimes he says, stretch forth your hand. And it's in the stretching, in the cooperating with God's command and in his word that we experience healing. Oftentimes, Jesus would say things like, now take up your bed and walk. And as they kind of stood up, that's when they were healed. They were cooperating with the word that Jesus was saying. That's still true for us today. I'm going to talk about about it in the next week or the next week, depending on how long my introduction is today, like my dad would say. Uh, he'd be like, that's my introduction. It's like, well, that was an hour, dad. So uh, <laughs> that's my text for today. What we're going to find out is that Jesus loves to interact with people and he likes for people to take him at his word. The nice thing about us today is we have a book full of his word. And we can interact with the word. Some people experience healing as they interact, as they cooperate with Jesus's word. Say amen to that. And so some of this, you may not get it all at once. You may not understand it all at once, but I'm here to tell you something. You don't have to understand the healing to get it. You don't have to. When you were saved, did you understand God and Jesus and everything to get saved? Did you like go to seminary for nine years and you're like, I was a monk in a monastery for two years like to be saved? No, you're just like, Jesus has something for me and I would like to receive it. And as you receive it, your life began to change. The same is true with healing. You can experience healing without understanding it. If you're an analytical person like me, Sometimes you got to get over your analytics and let God just surprise you. It's amazing how God will surprise you. Here's the other thing. In praying for other people, you don't always have to have it all right in order for God to heal them. You just have to be obedient to his word. Okay, We're going to read a little story in the book of Mark. We're going to read Mark 7. You can turn there and we'll get there in a few minutes. But I want to give you just a few ideas about healing before we get going. So in the New Testament, we have this idea of salvation. Salvation is your soteriology. It's how you're saved. The word in, that comes in saving and your salvation, your deliverance from sin is this word sozo. It's much like a Led Zeppelin album. So sozo is the idea that God comes and saves and delivers. Now, in the New Testament church, their idea of salvation is that God would come and save them from three different things. He would give them forgiveness of sins. He would save them from their sins. The second thing is he would heal their diseases. He would heal their bodies. And the third thing is that he delivers them from the torments of hell and Satan himself. Okay, This is what's wrapped up in this one word, sozo. Sozo. You sometimes have seen a kid named Zoe. Z-O-E. It's the same idea. It's the God kind of life. It's a righteous, full, delivered life. So every time you see a kid named Zoe, you should be thinking about how God saves, heals, and delivers. That's what salvation means. Isaiah 53 So surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. He was pierced for our transgression. That's our mistakes. That's our sins. And crushed for our iniquities. Same idea. The punishment that brought us peace with God was upon him. By his stripes, we are 
healed. He took the bruises on his body for our healing. Okay, so when this idea, he bore our pain and our suffering, the deliverance. What is demonic torment? Suffering, right? Pain in our mind. It's like I'm all for working on your mental health and all that stuff, but I think that a lot of people have decided to work on their mental health instead of letting Jesus deliver and work in their life. God wants to deliver you deliver you from torment. He wants to heal your body. He wants to forgive your sins. How do you know that? He gave his son to make sure that it would happen. He didn't want it to depend on you. He wanted it to depend on him. He's like, you know what? I'll just pay for it. Any dads in the room, like, you know, you're, you're, somebody in your family is trying to tell you that they're going to do this and do that. You're like, you know what? I just paid for it. And you're like, just if you want to pay me back someday, it's fine. And you know your kid's not ever going to pay you back. You know what I'm talking about? My son's got about $80. And he's been racking it up from like soccer games and doing all sorts of stuff. So his idea is that he likes to ask me for things. He's like, I have the money for it. Okay? So he'll be like, can I buy this, this guy on Fortnite? You know? And he knows my credit card is attached to the account. And he's like... He'd be like, can I buy this thing? And he hasn't said this, and this is all me speculating, but this is the way it goes, okay? So he's like, can I buy this guy? I'm like, no, not right now. And he's like, he's like, but I have the money. And I'm like, yeah, you have the money, but until you have a savings account, a Roth IRA, you know, retirement plan figured out, and an investment account, you may not spend that money. You need to show me how you've allocated. He's eight. He's, you need to show me how you've allocated your money, and then we'll talk about your Fortnite guy. And he's like, Dad, it's my money. And so then someday I'll just walk in and, and I'll, I'll cave, you know. He'll be like, can I, can I buy this guy? He's like, but I have the money. And I'm like, yes, you can. He knows full well he's never, ever going to go up to his little Nike shoebox, grab the cash out, and pay me for his guy. Right? Because dads know that if I'm going to spend my money on the guy, I may not ever get paid back. They may not hold up their end of the bargain. And this is God. He knows that you can't hold up your end of the bargain. So when it came for your forgiveness, he knew that you weren't going to be good. Right? He knew that you were going to mess it up. And so he's like, you know what? I'm just going to pay the bill and, you know, we'll work it out later. We'll get to heaven. When it comes to healing, it's like, you know what? I'm just going to pay the bill and we'll talk about it later. When it comes to delivering you from the torments of hell, God has paid for it. But we're not willing to even act like it. We're like, I don't know. You know, I'm going to heaven. I shouldn't ask for anything else. Whatever. You know what my greatest joy is? Buying my kid Fortnite, guys. They're just digital people that don't exist. He can't play with them. 50 years from now, he's not going to be like, this is my favorite toy. We're going to completely forget about these things. They just exist in the cyber world. But his joy is my joy. Let me tell you something. Your joy is God's joy. The Bible says that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Guess what his joy is? You. God desires to heal, save, and deliver his people. So in Matthew, I think it's 10 or 8. When evening came, many were demon-possessed, were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with the word and healed the sick. He drove out spirits and healed the sick. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and 
bore our diseases. In other words, the verse that I just read you, when Jesus acted it out, he wasn't like, well, I didn't really mean that. (laughs) Healing is ceased. Healing is not for today. He doesn't go through any of that. He says, I heal and I deliver because way back in Isaiah, it says that I would give my life for these things. The same is true for you today. Say amen to that. You're going to have to amen better because we got a dog park thing today. And you're going to want to get to it. Okay, so the more you get fired up, I don't have to fire you up. God wants to save, heal, and deliver his people. Say it. Save, heal, and deliver his people. God wants to do that. And he proves it over and over and over and over again. In John 20, this is what John 20 says about Jesus. This is all review. This is just my introduction. I haven't got to the sermon yet. So here we go. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah. By believing, you may have life in his name. It says, all the things that Jesus did, if they were written down, all the books in the world could not contain what they did. So when we're looking at Jesus... We're not looking at seven miracles in John and being like, well, I could pick one of those. You can pick one of those. Cool. Jesus was constantly healing, constantly delivering all the time. It's what he did. If we want to see what the heart of the Father is like, and Jesus is revealing it, it's constantly healing, constantly delivering. And he would walk through, he'd be like, your sins are forgiven. And everybody is just like, whoa, you can't do that. He's like, yeah, I can. I can forgive. I can save heal and deliver. If we go through the Bible like a scholar, we're going to find out that actually what we have accounted, if we count the days in in the Gospels that Jesus' life is written down, it's maybe 53 days tops. Some of these things are done on the same day. We're just talking about not just miracles. We're talking about just he was drinking a, a cup of water. Okay, that's one day. And then he walked to Samaria, and then that's another day. And then he was at the well, and that's another. If you count them up, we have about 53 days recorded. Jesus did three years of ministry and 33 years of life. Three years of ministry, we have 53 days recorded. Of the days that we have, that multiple things happened. If we just shrink that down and go, okay, logically, that's not another day. It's the same day. Like You, you can see it in the Word. Not not fudging it, not moving the numbers. We are looking at about 23 to 24 days of Jesus' life. And how many miracles do we have? Tons of them. The whole city comes, we read in Matthew. And he delivered them from spirits. He healed them. Jesus was constantly healing. So guess what his desire is for you? To do more of the same. We come into this place and we say, Jesus, come. Come into here. What do you think he wants to do? Just be here. Oh, you guys are looking good. I like that (laughs) t-shirt. Oh man, those new sneakers. I see those. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Yeah, I see your sound system didn't work. That's too bad. The praise is good though. The praise is good. (laughs) It's good to be with y'all. See you later. You think that's what he desires? When you say, God, come, God, help me. Do you think he's just like, you know, I would, but I just, I can't today. (laughs) I just don't feel like it. I've had a long day. You realize what's going on in Afghanistan? It's been a big day. I can't today. 
You take your energy level, your desires, your hopes, and your dreams, and you put them on God. He doesn't think like you. He doesn't desire like you. He doesn't have the limitations that you have. Right? He's not checking his account to see if he can afford a Fortnite guy on that card. He is full. And today what we're going to look at is this idea in the book of Mark. Chapter 7 and verse 24. I have more verses I didn't mean. I could have DJed this party a little while longer at the intro, but I'm going to keep moving. First Thessalonians verse. This is what Paul says later on as he's talking to the church. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. This means that God wants peace with you. He's not mad at you. He's not keeping score. He wants peace with you. He is the God of peace in your soul. Jesus is called the Prince of Peace. We sing it at Christmas time and we forget that God wants peace in your heart. The God of peace sanctify you through and through, all the way, 100%. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is concerned about your spirit, your soul, and your body. 100%. Churches out here talking about, don't expect too much. They, they say stuff like this. This is the worst. I, I hate it when, when people say this in the church. They say, if God just saved you, would it be enough? And I say, if I just had Reagan, saved her from her mother's womb, gave her new life, and left her on the curb, would it be enough? God's desire for you is more than new life. It's a complete life, all the way till the end. Wholeness, spirit, soul, and body. Don't give up on God's best for you because somebody told you not to. Thessalonians. Okay. Mark. Now to my text. Are you ready? Mark chapter 7, verse 24. Jesus left the place and went to the vicinity of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know it, yet he could not keep his presence secret. In fact, as soon as they heard about him, a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an impure spirit came and fell at his feet. The woman was Greek, born in Syrian Phoenicia. She begged Jesus to drive the demon out of her daughter. And what did Jesus say? No problem. I love to heal you and your daughter. Sure, no problem. I got this healing in my fingers. He says, First, let the children eat all they want, for it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Oh, Jesus, you're so loving, so kind, generous. This woman was a Greek. She was not a Jew. Jesus came, his mission was to the people of Israel, the Israelites, the Jews. And so he was always reaching and he was healing. And, and there are a couple people that come along. They're Greeks. They're from a different culture. They don't even have the same faith. As a matter of fact, this woman probably worshipped other gods, made sacrifices, what we, today we would call witchcraft and demonology. That's what she did. That's what a part of the culture that she's from. She hears about this healing Jesus that's in this house trying to hide out, mind you. He's like, don't tell him I'm here. I just want to eat. And this woman comes in and he's like, 
this isn't even for you. Why would I take what's for the kids and throw it to the dogs? He calls this woman a dog. She's not phased. She says, Lord, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. And then he told her, for such a reply, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. She went home and found her child lying on the bed and the demon gone. This woman is at her wit's end. Her child is tormented. I'm sure she's tormented by just being around. Have you been around somebody who was full of demons? You'll be tormented, trust me. Some people got you living in their cycle of toxicity. It's probably maybe a demon. We just don't talk about it. I'm going to get down today, okay? So just be ready. This woman responds to Jesus' no with, I know who you are. I know what you've got. And I don't need it all. I don't even want somebody else's. You don't have to take it. All I want is just this little bit. And I know that this crumb would be enough to be sufficient for my need. Sufficient for my life. I know that you're so overflowing with power and healing and restoration. I've heard the stories and I, I don't even know you. You're just like some guy. But I know that the God you serve has power to deliver the worst of circumstances in my life. All I need is just a little. I don't care if the weight. I don't care if it's going to take some time. I'll wait for the crumbs to drop off. They can have it all. I just need a little bit. And the funny thing is, this is the funny thing. Jesus went around, and I talked about this last week. He went around, and he, some places he couldn't even do miracles because they didn't believe in him. They didn't, they didn't come to him. They wouldn't respond to him in faith. And this is what I'm afraid of with the Christian faith, that we have created a table that's set before us with the healing bread of Jesus, the delivering bread of Jesus. As a matter of fact, we are the kids. We get to sit at the table and we sit there and we cry and we try to be all like self-sufficient. Like, I don't need your bread, Jesus. It's fine. I don't want to ask anything. I would hate to just like come to you and beg. I don't want to be that way. That's the way we were sitting at the table with bread. And somebody comes along and is like, can I get some of that bread? And we're like, no. Just a little crumb. And the little crumb did it. Could it be you're sitting at a table that a little crumb would do it? And you have all the bread in the world sitting at your table. But you won't believe God for any of it. My son Jude is, is notorious. He's like, can I have your phone? You know, we're out somewhere. Can I have your phone? And I'm like, son, you need to like go down to T-Mobile have them run your credit and get a plan, you know, auto draft that junk. Cause I need this phone. Right. And for a while my battery wasn't working. So it would like just drain like in an hour and he would like play a game and I'm like, son, my phone is dead. And he'd be like, <laughs> sorry. And I'm like, that's why you don't get my phone. Can I have your phone? But for a while he would like walk in and he'd be like, <laughs> what? N- never mind. Uh, No, I mean, I'm not going to ask. I'm like, what? What what do you mean you're not going to ask? He's like, I know the answer is going to be no. I'm like, so why don't you ask? You you can ask me anything. 
He's like, can I have your phone? I'm like, no. He's like, I knew it. <laughs> but you know what's fun to me is like when I do have the battery power, like, yeah, play that sucker. Or I'm not worried about like being on the road or waiting for somebody's call or whatever. And I can just like play it, play it till it's dead. He'd be like, it's dead. I'm like, awesome, son. I bet you had a great time. <laughs> How many of you are walking into God? I'm not going to ask for anything. I know what the answer is. Didn't work out for my cousin. I remember. I remember when my family member passed. I remember, you know, cancer is just a real thing that we have to deal with. And, you know, we'll get to heaven. It's fine. It'll be fine. You're still my dad. I just know not to ask you for that stuff. That's the kind of father that we think we have in God. Jesus is revealing to us that that's not who God is. Will you listen to him? Would you listen to him? Would you believe in not that? Would you say, just give me a crumb, just anything, just it's fine. You get the bread at the table. Healing is the children's bread. Deliverance is the children's bread. You are a child of God. You can stand up here and say, I am a child of God. You're like, yeah, I'm a child of God, but I don't get anything. You're a spoiled brat when you have that kind of attitude. You need to learn how to approach God with prayer, communion, community, living together. Anybody here have a a kid that doesn't live with them that only calls them when they need something? Right? You're their ATM. You're not their father or mother. You know what I'm talking about? If you don't learn how to spend time with God, you won't ever express a relationship that is connected to healing. If the only time you ever talk to God and get alone with God and spend time with God is when your dear friend from 20 years ago needs prayers and good vibes on Facebook, guess what? You're probably never going to get. Jesus healed everybody who came to him and they came in faith. Sometimes he would ask them, do you believe that I can do this? And I wonder sometimes if maybe he'd been like, no, I don't know you. But the kindness of his heart was connection. He loved to reveal the heart of the Father. What healing does is it reveals the heart of God for you and I. I love to hear healing stories because then I go, man, isn't God amazing? He's better than we think. If God cares about that, just think about all the other things that God cares about. Somebody texted me this week and said, dude, You prayed on Sunday, and I've had a pain in my back for years, like a pinched nerve. He's like, it's gone. He's like, I didn't know God would even do that for me. What do you think just got stronger? His relationship with God. Went from a place of God doesn't care about me, God doesn't know me, God doesn't hear me, to maybe God does hear me. Maybe he cares for me more than I know. Maybe he's closer than I thought. Maybe we're developing something here that's actually special. And that's what God wants through healing, forgiveness of sins, and delivering and torments. He wants to reserve you like in Thessalonians. He wants to grow you to perfect wholeness until he takes you home. That's his desire. This is uh, a few things that I wanted to tell you today. 
many people become saved, forgiven, and Jesus followers without realizing the full benefit of what's possible if we would just go deeper into God. Do you ever have more benefits than what you thought? I was just thinking today about, like, I had a warranty on my car that my brother sold me. He stuck me into the warranty, too. Um, and the turn signal went bad. And I went and got the turn signal fixed, and I it was like, you know, on the steering column, they had to take it all apart. It was like this whole thing. And, and I was like, Dad, like, my steering column cost like $400, you know? And he's like, son, didn't you, didn't you, didn't you buy the warranty? from Dave I was like yeah he's like it's covered in the warranty my dad went all around town <laughs> he got the whole thing reimbursed my dad that's the kind of way he went he could just walk in and be like hey I'll do this and hey he had a little smile we got a, a deal my dad my son was charged $500 I don't think you should I think you should give him the money back <laughs> like, like they gave me the money back because I had something that I didn't know was available to me and we get saved. You want Jesus to do something in your life and you go home and you feel better, you sleep better at night, maybe for a week, maybe for a year. And then things go awry. Things get a little weird and you're like, well, that Jesus thing didn't work out. Seems like a contract where maybe you didn't understand what was really available to you. Maybe like you're sitting at the table with bread that you're not willing to eat that somebody else would be sufficient with just the crumbs. You don't want to bother anybody because your pride stands in the way. You don't want to come to God because you don't want to seem needy. You want to seem very self-sufficient. And then when it comes along that somebody else gets something from God because he wants to express his love, you get a little jealous and envious and it creates space all because of your pride before not standing in front of God and saying, I want to know you. If you got it, I need it. I want to grow in you. That's where we have to get as people. Can I come to God? It's funny to me, funny to me, that this story, Jesus said, healing is the children's bread. We're going to find out halfway through John that John's going to say, I am the bread of life. When he sits down with his disciples over communion, he says, take the cup. This is the, the new covenant. It represents the blood that I've shed for you. And then he says, take this, this bread. It is my body broken for you. Where was it broken? On the cross. What did he describe? He said, my broken body heals your body delivers you from torment and forgives your sins. Would you, would you again turn to God and say, God, I just got to be close to you. I just need to be close to your body. And, and, and it's a funny thing is we pray this stinking prayer. Give us this day, our daily. You know what Sunday school teachers across the world have been telling kids and adults and everybody else what that means? That just means a little scripture once a day. Are you kidding me? 
That just means that it's a little provision here and there. Like somebody bought your coffee at the go go around the oh, wasn't that great? That was that was a little bread for today, but don't ask too much. Jesus is saying, No, here is my body, take eat. Take eat, all of you. If you do not eat of it, you are not a part of me. Jesus is breaking this down for people. He takes it so seriously. He is saying, my body is on the table. I paid it. I'm giving it to you. Would you receive it? Like, no, it's it's not that easy. It's not that easy. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Stand to your feet everywhere. Your life and everybody connected to you, their lives depend on this connection with the Father. Torments, I believe addictions can be broken if we would tap into this. I believe that cycles of life that people have been living in a cul-de-sac over and over. I believe that the circumstances handed down from fathers to children, circumstances handed down from person to person to person can be delivered. But we're just sitting at a table full of bread, but we won't tap into it. I believe that healing can happen for things that you've been tolerating for far too long. But we won't tap into it. We're so busy just going here and going there. And God is like, I got something. Sit down to the table, son. Sit down to the table. It's time. It may be in an instant. Somebody texted me last week and said, I've never experienced instant healing like that. It was like you prayed and boom, my whole world was changed in an instant. She went on with her life and she's like, it was incredible. I didn't know how I was going to do it. I thought I was going to be in bed for two days. It may be something that you'll work through. You may need to get spiritual counseling to let the word of God pour over your heart and mind. You may have to join a 12-step program to get through addictions, to help guide you back to the Father every single day until that thing is kicked. You may have to Work through some deep and dark things that you've been ignoring for too long, tormenting you. But God wants to heal in your life, restore and renew. You may have to turn off the computer, throw away your phone, get rid of crap that you have been entertaining for far too long. Because God will deliver you from demons and you run back to them and entertain them. And like, Let's all sit down here and have some bread together. What does God want to do in your life? I don't know, but I can I, I imagine that it has a lot to do with what you already know about your life. That you need God to move in your life in areas, in brokenness, in healing, in deliverance, in forgiveness of sins that you have been carrying for far too long. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? We're going to invite Jesus in to this room. You say he's already here. Well, that's fine. Why are you still thinking about football? Why are you still thinking about what's next? If Jesus is in the room, why are you worried about the next thing? Jesus wants to connect with you. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you have given us access to your son like we never believed. Thank you, son. 
our great Savior, for doing something that nobody else was willing to do for us. Give us your life for our life. Holy Spirit, come in the room and overwhelm us with your presence. Jesus, come. Jesus, come. Just where you are, would you lift your hands or acknowledge God in some way? Say yes. If it's a hand on your heart, it doesn't matter. Just respond to God. Don't stand there like a stoic soldier. Receive the Lord into your heart and your mind. Your body today. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we love you. Father, thank you for the healing taking place in this room. We believe that you're just beginning to do great and mighty wonders among us. We'll never be settled with just a crumb. We want you, God. We know that the life of everybody around us, everyone we're connected to, depends on this connection with you. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. You save, heal, and deliver. In Jesus' name, amen.